Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adrian Berg. She's an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, and consultant to leading companies seeking the boomer and mature markets. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Adrian. Well, thank you. It's really a pleasure to be on. Just give us a brief, I know you've had a long career, but just give us a brief summary of your career leading up to where you are today. Well, I, I won't start too long ago, but I'll start, uh, believe it or not, when I was about 55 years old. I had already been a lawyer for decades. I had already been on the air as a radio talk show host for decades and a writer for a long time. And now I thought to myself, what's next? And I realized that after taking some courses for my own self-actualization, I wanted everybody to have a great old age. And it was mostly because my dad never did. He died when I was very young, and I didn't think I was going to have a great old age or any old age. And it turned me around reaching 50. And five years later, I said, you know what? I could be around on this planet, and I want it to be the best it could be for me. And how can I help other people make it happen for them as well? And so So then many things got born from that mission. The radio show, Generation Bold, my blog, Aging for Beginners, a book on personal finance as you age, how not to go broke at 102, and now my speaking on positive aging. So you see, it, it really stemmed from a desire to make a change. I didn't know how difficult it was going to be to stamp out ageism, but I'm in the fight. So let's kind of take a broad look at the, the state of aging in America today. Uh, lots of people, the baby boom, I think something like 10,000 a day turn 65, so lots of people getting to retirement age. In general, are they doing pretty well? Is this a, 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 a prosperous generation, or in general, as they get to retirement age, they're not doing too well? Well, here's the interesting part. Um, actually, 10,000 10, people a day turn 70, and that's even more interesting, uh, because here's what's going on. It all depends. There was a wonderful gerontologist who I actually was a lawyer for her organization many years ago, and she, her name was Janet Saner, and she was the first uh, commissioner on aging for the city of New York. And this is what she taught me. She said, every baby is the same and every senior is different. And that is the best way to answer that question. How are we doing? Well, it depends on who you are. As you know, Jordan, very well, it depends on how much money you have. But then as you get older, it begins even more to depend on your health. And then as you get even older, it depends on your relationships and your life engagement. And so that is the answer to the question. You can take control over your aging. But how well you do depends on you, and I guess that's the good news, you know, and the bad news. And I'm trying very hard to be a role model. We call it positive deviance, being the person who loves aging, embraces aging, and shows other people that it could be the best stage of your life. Now, you talk a lot about ageism. So just define what ageism is and uh, how prevalent is it, how is it affecting people who are getting into their late 60s and 70s? Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, ageism is like any other ism. It's a prejudice. Uh, it's the same type of prejudice as sexism or racism. When people see other people as the other, as not them, as separate from them, and not in a good way. 
So it's a prejudice. But what's interesting about that prejudice, you ask me how prevalent it is. I'm going to shock you. It's 100%. I don't think there's anybody in any culture right now on this planet that is not somewhat ageist. And it is the only prejudice that we hold against ourselves. And we say it all the time and every day. And we say it to young people. And they hear it. So they become ageist about their own selves and their own future. And it's dangerous. First of all, we have a wonderful economy. And we can uh, have an even greater economy if there were interesting things for people who are older to buy. But the marketing companies, media companies will say, well, we're only interested in people up to the age of 49. We are losing our expertise. We're losing our expertise in the marketplace. Uh, we're losing our expertise in building and construction. We're losing a lot of our expertise because people who are older are not listened to. And then we are losing our uh, joie de vivre, our lust for life, after a certain age if we don't have a place in society. So it's a big, it's a big problem. It's a big issue. It's systemic. And the funny part of it, Jordan, is we're all in it. It's not like it's not going to be uh, uh, biting us if we live long enough. And yet we just we can't wiggle out of it. It's hard. So particularly as it, employs, as it relates to employment, um, I mean, there are laws against discriminating against people based on age. But what is your experience of ageism relating to people getting second, third jobs, or even part-time jobs once they're retired or partly retired? Very difficult. Uh, again, good news and bad news. Number one, we do have the Older Americans Act, which is up for review. Older Americans Act starts at age 40, and uh, which, which shows you how early ageism starts. It starts at age 40. Not to be discriminated against in the workplace. It's very difficult to prove, much more difficult than Me Tooism or... Uh, uh, gender harassment and so on, uh, and, uh, and racial profiling, harder to prove because we have a general prejudice that we're not tech-savvy and we can't do the work. So that's one issue in the workplace. On the good side, two things are happening. Uh, there is an actual movement, and the ARP is, is spearheading it, and I'm, I give them kudos, uh, where different large organizations, are stepping up to the plate and saying that they are age-friendly. They take a pledge that they will hire and keep older workers. So that is happening. Uh, and the other part of the news is many of us can't get a job at all. I just did something for my uh, blog, Aging for Beginners, on how to write a resume and what to say about your aging and how many years you've been in the business uh, and how to do it politely without lying but not looking old on paper because it's very, very hard to get a job if you're older. So what's happening? We're becoming entrepreneurs. Uh, twice as many people over the age of 55 are opening new businesses than the younger people. Why? Because we have to. But we also know a thing or two. So as I say, it depends on who you are. If you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you'll probably do okay. If you don't, you really have to know how to write that resume and get in the door. So when you write your resume, just give us a little bit of advice on that. How do you be honest, uh, but I don't know what the word hide or, you know, downplay no, no, your I'll, age? I'll yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. First of all, you don't have to go back further than 10 years in actual dates. You can put down your experience, but it doesn't have to be an actual date. Uh, second of all, you can do what the younger folks do, right up front. 
They put their unique proposition. What do you bring to the table? Not when you brought it to the table, but what do you bring to the table? Should really start every resume. That's what they're looking for. People have no time, and you want to differentiate yourself. And what you bring to the table doesn't have to do with your age. So you're going to have that in a succinct right up front. Then you're going to have your most recent stellar experience. And then anything that's over 10 years or so, you'll, you'll list, but you don't have to have the dates. Uh, and otherwise, you can let them do the math. I mean, I graduated from law school. Don't hold that against me, by the way, folks. I'm a lawyer, but okay. 1972, I'm going to write that down. And, and people can do the math. They'll be able to see what's going on. But that's a little bit different than putting it in their face right away. So um, it, it does become uh, seriously important. But there's one other part of it, and it's the technology. I'll make this very quick. There's a huge prejudice against people who are older, and older only means over 45, and certainly if you're over 70. Uh, that, that we don't know technology, that we, we're not up to speed because we weren't born with it. Take your classes. It's actually a legitimate problem. If you have taken a class to bone up on something in your field that you may be left behind with in other people's thinking because you didn't grow up with it, usually it's technology, it could be other things, put it on your resume and put it up front. Just graduated from programming school. Let them know. And that's the first thing they see, and that makes a very big difference in the whole gestalt of your resume. So they're looking to see that you've got current skills, and by, yes. by taking a recent course and by showing them that course, that should reassure people that you've got the technology skills, because they don't want to be training you extensively. Is that the idea? Yeah, uh, it's very, very important. And then, of course, when you go for the job, not only looking good, but being healthy. Uh, because the excuse is that you're too expensive for them, that your health care costs, if they have uh, benefits, uh, are a problem. So what a lot of people are doing, and I have to tell, I have to give the inside story, is that if they uh, are concerned that they're not going to get the job because the benefits for them are too expensive, they sign on for exactly the same job, for exactly the same pay as consultants, and they get fewer benefits, and it makes the company accept them. But the large companies that are age-friendly, they're not concerned with that. They do want you. They want your expertise. What are some of the companies you've dealt with who now call themselves officially age-friendly? The one, You know what? It's the big ones that you would know, the Procter's and Gamble's of the world, the Coca-Cola's, the big food chains, the car companies, uh, you know, large, middle, where you might be, if you're a little older, in middle management or in the management area or an executive. So that's uh, the type of thing that uh, is happening. And another interesting part is that the government, our own federal government, believe it or not, in a bipartisan law that has not yet passed but it got through Congress, is allowing small businesses to pool their 401ks so they can attract older workers or if they themselves are older entrepreneurs, they don't have the big expense of all of the, uh, the costs of bringing people in. So you, you want to look at good innovators uh, in the field of aging, and the very big players who have already made a pledge. And you can find that all out on the AARP. My article uh, sends you to the, all the websites where you can see those pledges. Terrific. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. 
My guest this hour is Adrian Berg. She's an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, consultant to leading companies on the boomer and mature markets. Uh, you can find out more about her website, uh, which is adrianberg.com, and also her radio show at generationboldradio.com. We'll be back after this. ClearBank is changing the way entrepreneurs raise money by providing equity-free capital. Co-founder Michelle Romano, star of Canada's Dragon's Den TV show, which is the Canadian version of Shark Tank, co-founded ClearBank with her, her partner Andrew D'Souza after seeing how many companies were willing to part with precious equity in exchange for marketing money. ClearBank believes that founders shouldn't have to give up a piece of their company to fund marketing and inventory expenses. ClearBank can provide your company with $10,000 to $10 million without having to give up a stake in your firm. You can get a term sheet with all the details in less than 20 minutes once you contact them. ClearBank charges a small flat fee for the capital and you pay them back by sharing in the revenue that your company generates by expanding its marketing. This is not a loan. There's no interest rate, no fixed maturity date, no personal guarantees, no credit checks, and no financial covenants. ClearBank also connects you to marketing agencies, e-commerce professionals, venture capitalists, accountants, and others to help your business grow. ClearBank invested over $150 million in 2018 and is on track to invest over $1 billion this year. Some notable companies that ClearBank has invested in are Public Goods, Lisa Sleep, and Latote. So if your business is generating over $10,000 a month in revenue, find out how you can qualify for ClearBank Capital by getting your term sheet in 20 minutes at clearbank.com slash moneyanswers. That's C-L-E-A-R-B-A-N-C dot com moneyanswers. Get back to what you love doing most, growing your business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adrian Berg, an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, and consultant to leading companies on subjects of aging and maturity. Her website is adrianberg.com, and you can see more about her uh, radio show 
at generationboldradio.com. Welcome back to the show, Adrian. Thank you. Let's talk about some of the financial aspects of uh, aging. Uh, particularly, there's a new thing called the SECURE Act, which looks like it's going to go through Congress. How would that help people who are pre-retirees or retirees? Well, I'm a, I'm a proponent of it. Uh, and, and look, nobody uh, should fall off their chair, but it's a bipartisan law. Uh, it may be the only thing that both the Democrats and the Republicans agree on, and that is that we are living longer. So what this really is, I would call it not so much an aging-related, but a longevity-related act. And what it has done, most of the consequences, most of them are tax consequences, uh, and good ones, ones you're going to like when you know about it. So what I have done, if you do go to my radio uh, website, which is generationboldradio.com, as Jordan mentioned, there is one show there, you'll see it, because each of our shows are described on the SECURE Act, and I actually did an entire one-hour monologue. I never do that, explaining the SECURE Act, because there are 29 provisions, most of which have to do with longevity. Some have to do with education and, and for younger people. But the ones that I think are the most important for everyone to know about is this. If you are working, you have to stop making contributions into your 401K, and the SECURE Act will lift that you'll be able to continue to make tax-deferred uh, contributions so long as you work, because many of us are working longer, way past 65. If you're 70 and a half, you have to start taking money out. That's called the required minimum distribution. It's required. You've got to pay taxes on it. Well, that would change under the new SECURE Act to either be age 72 or 75 before you are forced to take money out and pay the tax. And then, as I had mentioned, Jordan, a couple of minutes ago, if you want to be a late-life entrepreneur or any kind of entrepreneur and you start a small business, you may not be able to establish a 401K. It's too expensive. But under the SECURE Act, you could get together with other small businesses, even if you have nothing to do with each other. They uh, just maybe in a networking group you meet them and you would like to work with them to have one 401K together. That's going to reduce costs a lot. So these are all happening because we are working longer, we are living longer, and the fact is we need more money, and we need to save longer for our long future. So I call it a Longevity Act, but it's actually called the SECURE Act, and it did pass Congress. It's at the Senate level right now. Very good. And the other big area is Social Security. Now, there are some real big plans to change Social Security going forward. What are some of those plans, and what do you think is likely to happen? Let me tell you something interesting. Uh, when I first started in with uh, the financial side of aging, specifically aging, I wrote a book, and it was kind of before its time. You can find it for like 84 cents on Amazon, but it's called How Not to Go Broke at 102. And what was the one question that everybody wanted me to write about? The question was, will there be Social Security? Now, that was 2008. In 2015, I went to the, uh, I was actually invited proudly with Obama, was the president at the time, the White House Conference on Aging. That takes place every 10 years. The next one is 2025. And Obama said, President Obama said, don't worry, if you're in the system, will be fine until the year 2043. So I did the math, and I got scared. 
because I'm hoping maybe to be around. I don't, I don't know. So that wasn't very comforting. What we have is a problem. We have a problem because fewer people are paying in, and those who are taking out are living longer, and that's also a longevity issue. And there is a new proposal. It's called Social Security 2020. Brand new, hasn't been in the news much, not bipartisan. But what it would do would be raise the amount you would get in Social Security by about 2%, uh, give you a minimum of 25% above the poverty level, and that extra money would not be taxed. So now we are putting an extra burden on Social Security. On the other hand, it's good for those who are taking money out from Social Security. And the result is going to be uh, more money from people who are paying in. Now, I doubt this is going to pass as is for the moment. But something has to pass to give those who are the poorest of the poor uh, a chance at successful aging and at the same time save Social Security for everybody who's paying into it right now. What do I think? I think people who are getting their Social Security now will be safe and fine for the rest of their lives. I think that my children and certainly my grandchildren are going to see an extremely different kind of Social Security than ever before. How it will play out, I'm not sure, but there'll be changes. Uh, Under this uh, proposal, how would the taxes on Social Security uh, or the, you know, contributing in, would people have a higher limit on being taxed on Social Security or how would all that part of it if the yeah, benefits are going up, what happens right to taxes? Absolutely. You hit it on the hand, 132000 or so, and, you know, you don't have to pay over that. Now people will be paying in regardless of their uh, income. So if they're higher income, they still have to pay in. That's one way to, let's say, tax the higher earner, if you want to look at it that way, or take money from the higher earner. But what it doesn't have, and this I think the higher earner will be happy about, is it's not means-tested. So that if you do have other income from other sources, like you've been a good saver or a good investor, you still would be able to get the Social Security that anybody else had that doesn't have other sources of income. That's always been the big worry of the higher earner. That it's going to become a means-tested program, not a, uh, contrib- a contributory program. So you don't have that here. But what the proposals are are pretty expensive. And it could be a burden on current workers, our kids and our grandkids. So it's an iffy proposition, but at least Social Security is being looked at. At least we're not sweeping it under the rug. You know, Jordan, they used to call this the third rail of politics. Nobody would step on it or they'd blow up. You couldn't talk about Social Security. Now we have to, we're forced to talk about it because of longevity. So what happens if this or any other proposal does not pass, which is what's happened? We have not had any major change in Social Security since 1983, basically. What happens if there is no legislation? Uh, does it fall off a cliff at a certain point? Or kind of what would be, assuming there's no change in Social Security under current demographics, what would happen to it? Well, we kind of know the answer to that because it already fell off a cliff. In 2016, the portion of Social Security that funds disability was already bankrupt. Uh, Now, that's not the uh, retiree Social Security, but it's the disability income. So what did we do? We had to do something so that people continue to get their checks. And we took it from the general obligation funds of the United States government. In other words, taxation for everybody. So if taxes uh, go up, 
part of it is going to go for funding this. Uh, then, of course, if other ways are the national debt. The national debt goes up. And China gets happy because they buy the bonds, because they've got the bonds. But that's what's going to happen. Greater national debt, greater obligations from the GIO, the General Obligation Fund, not from the Social Security separate trust money. If we don't have that, then the system is going to implode. And we can't do that. We have too many people. 78 million baby boomers eventually are going to be on Social Security. But the numbers are huge as far as how much that would cost. When does it actually cross over? When does Social Security, the retirement part, uh, spend more than it's taking in? Roughly, when when would that happen? Yeah, we have uh, we have Obama uh, group saying twenty forty three. There are others that say twenty twenty five. Wow! So, so say it's twenty twenty five. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars to in general revenues to make up the difference, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And it, that's why it's a political football. And that's why the issue of entitlements uh, is important. But, you know, I have to say this. My own philosophy, and, and studying aging now for 15 years in great, great depth, is that each of us as an individual, I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna, because I know the problems, believe me, each of us as an individual can do a tremendous amount here by reading the laws, because it's not very much covered in the press, by telling our congressmen and our senators what we think is right, whichever we feel, but also by personally keeping our health as high as possible, being as little a drain on the Medicare system as possible, not getting diabetes, because that's very expensive and that's almost entirely in our control with lifestyle, saving the money, understanding what's enough already, and, uh, and, in fact, and in fact, being up on the issues of longevity so that we're funding some of our own longevity. I don't know that everybody's an individualist, but I'll tell you, when it comes to successful aging, it definitely helps. It'll change your life if you think of yourself as being in control of your own aging. Indeed. Very good. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adrian Berg, an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, and consultant uh, to leading companies on uh, mature and uh, baby boom kind of issues. Her website is adrianberg.com. Uh, you can find out more about her radio show, which is called The Fountain of Truth About Aging, at generationboldradio.com. We'll be back after this. I'd like to tell you about Care of which is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. You go onto the Care Of website at takecareof.com and take a five-minute quiz. You answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, fitness, and health goals. Care Of then puts together a personalized plan designed to address the health issues you identify in the quiz. This system can give you a boost in whatever area you need, such as more energy, better sleep, losing weight, or reducing stress. Then Care of delivers to your home, daily, to your home <clears throat> daily vitamin and supplement packs that are customized to your recommendations so you're only taking what you need. The packets even say your name on them. The packets are made from a compostable plant-based film so your vitamins are kept fresh while the packaging is better for the environment. You can modify your subscription anytime when your needs or preferences change. 
care of, make sure that you're putting into your body, what you're putting into your body comes to the best sources backed by honest guidance and the latest medical research. If you're a vegetarian, Care-of offers unique supplement packs to match your dietary needs. I tried Care-of and found the quiz easy to take, and it came up with some interesting and helpful suggestions for vitamins I would never have known about on my own. The package came quickly and was easy to take, since each day's vitamins were in one easy-to-open package. The system recommended a combination of cranberry, B-complex, and magnesium to boost my energy and improve my short-term memory. The supplements really helped me with these issues that the quiz identified. Learn more about the compostable packs at Care-of's website at TakeCareOf.com. Listeners to the Money Answer Show get 25% off their first order when you enter promo code M-A-S-H-O-W at checkout. Go to TakeCareOf.com and take the quiz and get a personalized selection of vitamins to make you healthier and happier. Enter promo code M-A-S-H-O-W at checkout to get that 25% discount. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adrienne Berg. She's an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, and consultant to leading companies on aging um, kind of baby boomer issues. Her website is adrianberg.com, and also her radio show about aging issues is at generationboldradio.com. Welcome back to the show, Adrian. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. A lot of fun so far. It's been a blast. So one of the major issues that people who are retiring and retired have 
is earning income from their capital at a time of very low interest rates. Cash, you pretty much get 1% or less. Even long-term bonds are 2%. What do you recommend for people to live off their capital to be able to earn a relatively safe level of income today? Okay, so I have to be very, very blunt about this. I don't make recommendations about money. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. My whole life, up until the time that I was looking at aging, was as an expert in the field of personal finance. You know that, Jordan. Right. Uh, whether my radio show, you, you mentioned many times uh, Emmy winning. What I win an Emmy for? I won an Emmy for a show called IRS Tax Beat, which was actually, don't laugh, or you can if you want, it was sponsored by the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, and Excedrin. Let me tell you, that was a great combination of yes. sponsors. But it was one of the first money shows. And, of course, I did a lot of money shows on, on radio as well. And the book that I have written on aging is, is a money book, How Not to Go Broke at 102. But what I have discovered more and more is that when we deal with the kind of income that we need, specifically the income that we need after retirement, it's not a product, it's a service. What we really need is a good advisor who we could sit down with, tell the truth about the way we see our future, maybe get a little guidance on how we can fulfill ourselves and feel more fulfilled. As you mentioned before, I'm very, very concerned about ageism and our place in society. Sometimes we lose our place. So how can we feel fulfilled? And then the secondary question, not primary, the secondary question is how can we fund our dreams? First, you have to have the dreams. And while it may sound Pollyannish, it's really uh, the, the best part of your life, but it is the third part of your life. And if you're not going to fund your dreams now, when are you going to? You don't have to smash your dream down for the kind of money you have. You can also be very resourceful. And on my show, on the, on the radio show and on in the blogs particularly, I do a lot of writing about how you can fulfill your dreams without money. You can become a travel writer and and travel all over the world much more inexpensively than you can if you paid out of pocket. You can live in a place that doesn't cost the earth and use some of the money that you've gotten out of your home to live on and fulfill your dreams. You can consult in an area that you love and help people and make some money. So, yes, I mean, there are, there are products specifically designed for lifelong income, like annuities, those are specifically designed for lifelong income. Making the right pension choice is specifically important for lifelong income. And as you said, Social Security, specifically. So those three things are your pillars. But none of that will be enough ever, ever, if you don't know what you want to spend the money for and you're spending it on things that are not really fulfilling you. So I see a chicken and egg. When we're younger, we want the job that pays the most, and we want to put away the most, and everything is the most. But when we get older, we really don't need the most. We need the right amount to live the life we love. And it's a little bit of a shift in our thinking, and I think it, it, it's very liberating if we can think that way. So uh, one of my blogs is called How to Find Your Bliss. Not just be busy in retirement, but be blissful in retirement. Uh, another one is maybe all your dreams shouldn't come true. That's actually, the, that's actually one of my blogs and my speaking because some things are old dreams of other people 
that you're still carrying with you. Yeah. Learning yourself, knowing yourself, and the money will follow. Specifically related to annuities, do you recommend fixed annuities or variable annuities, or how do you find the best annuity if well, that's something you I, want to do? I've written a lot about that. Yeah, I've written a lot about that. And in, um, in the book, as I say, it's not the newest book on earth, it, it, but this particular part of it is relevant and hasn't changed. And uh, I say, will the real annuity please stand up? The problem with annuities is the word annuity. People don't know what annuity really should mean. It should mean a certain amount of money that you get and you can count on all of your life for the rest of your life and not be expensive. It should be money in the mailbox. That's what an annuity should be. And uh, a couple of kinds of fit the bill. In the old days, the simplest ones were the fixed annuities, but with interest rates low, they really don't pay enough. It's really not a, a great investment right now. But uh, other kinds of annuities can be, like this fixed indexed annuities that are uh, um, that relate the amount that you would get every single year relates to the kind of uh, index you've selected in which your money is invested and the different bonuses that the companies will give you for loyalty and, and staying with it for a long, long time. So some of that can be really useful. But be careful. People are selling it. They're selling it for a commission, and they should be giving you all the information that uh, is necessary. And, and, uh, and be careful also of the people who bash annuities because they have an agenda too. So when it comes to uh, personal finance, you ask always this question, que bono, who benefits? And make sure you have all the information. But those, those are the products that are promoted and designed. Not just promoted, but also designed for lifelong income. And the variable annuity is a little different. It could get a little bit expensive. But in general, I see people fairly satisfied if they have the three pillars. A pension, uh, some type of annuity they, they know they can count on for lifelong income, and they're happy that Social Security will be with them for the rest of their life. So those are usually the three Ongoing. Other people are very interested in things like passive income from businesses, or they uh, they own real estate and they collect rents. So there are many ways of looking at income. I think the important message is: when you're younger, you look for your growth, and when you're older, you look for income that won't go away, that lasts as long as you do. Let's talk about housing a little bit, and the major decision people have to make. A lot of people are still living in the house that they brought their kids up in and it's bigger than they really need, but they're having trouble selling it because the property taxes are high and people don't want to take that on with a new uh, limitation of $10,000 on property taxes. What do you recommend for people in that kind of a situation as to what they should do about housing? Well, there's a few things. I, I really connect housing and health care. To me, it's almost one, the same thing now, as you get older. Um, number one, People do get attached to their homes. I say that they're living in their bank. And uh, there's a lot of articles that you'll find on the blog, Aging for Beginners, and uh, many, many of our shows deal with this issue in Generation Bold because the Generation Bold radio show has a subtitle. Subtitle is The Fountain of Truth. Not The Fountain of Youth, Jordan, but The Fountain of Truth. Yes. And the truth is we don't need those big houses. We're attached them, but we really don't need them. And we are living in our bank. And there are a lot of streamlined, low-maintenance 
places all over the world, all over the world. I work with International Living. Uh, we have uh, people who like to be snowbirds abroad, uh, people who are very contented when they have their two-bedroom condo instead of their four-bedroom home, uh, and even their studio apartment. It's a liberating thing. But you have to be ready to give up your stuff, and you have to be ready to face the fact that you talked about homes that are hard to sell, that you may not make the profit you believed, and you may even have to put a few cents in and take a loss. But in the long run, with longevity, the lower cost of living will probably pay that back to you. So don't be afraid. Sometimes you just have to unbind yourself. And the best advice I could give to people is to be brave and to have the courage to move because it could liberate them and open up their entire life in a way they never uh, anticipated. Is it often a good idea to move from a higher-cost state, particularly in the north, to a lower-cost state in the south, even though you may not have family there? I mean, people often go to Florida or Texas, and then they're sorry about it because they have no connections or family there. Yeah, you know what's interesting? There's a very old book. It's not one of mine. Um, and, and it's called Retirement Ready or Not. And it did a big survey. And what they found, Jordan, was that people liked the fact that they moved. They liked the state that they moved to, even though, as you said, they didn't have family there. What they didn't like was their neighborhood. They didn't do enough homework to be in the right neighborhood. That was the bigger problem. So uh, going to North Carolina, South Carolina, Delaware from, for the New Jersey people, all these uh, uh, where I'm going to eventually go, which is on the West Coast, uh, where friends of mine have gone, Las, Las Cruces, New Mexico, they, nobody regretted that. It was just where they selected to live within that new place. So do your homework, and it can be a good idea. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adrienne Berg. She's an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, consultant to many companies on boomer and aging issues. You can find out more about her at her website, adrianberg.com or generationboldradio.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adrian Berg, a broadcaster, presenter, consultant to leading companies on mature and baby boomer kind of issues. Her website, adrianberg.com, and her radio show at generationboldradio.com. Welcome back to the show, Adrian. Thank you. So lots of people are getting to retirement age and having debt. That In previous generations, they really kind of got to retirement age with no debt. They've got mortgages. They've got even student loans. They've got credit card debt. What do you recommend for seniors who've got debt that probably didn't exist in previous generations? Well, first of all, there are programs. I mean, if they have taken over their kids' um, uh, you know, college debts, if they're on the hook for those, you can make arrangements and you can make deals. So that that's one thing. Uh, more important is that medical bankruptcies are really proliferating. It is the greatest reason for bankruptcy after the age of 65. So I go back to the same issues, and that is your own self-care. Uh, you know, I go down to, to looking at your own self as your self-determined. Being very careful about running to the doctor all the time when you can do some of not, not if you're ill, I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor if you're ill, but honestly, if you exercise, if you eat right, if you take a look at websites like Real Age, uh, which gives you an idea of some of the things you could do to lower your cholesterol and your age through natural things like exercise, moving, walking. Those are the things that I know you, you don't think of them as financial, but in fact, they all translate into medical costs and prescription drug costs, which can cause a lot of debt. So I, I, the best I can say, I am not the expert in getting people out of debt. You are, Jordan. I'm the expert in making sure you don't have it in the first place. And if no. you do, because both because of the kids, you negotiate. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of programs out there that will take some relief and help you. How about estate planning? The estate planning laws changed with the 2017 tax law, raising the yeah. uh, minimum to $5 million or so. Does that mean people don't need to do as much estate planning as in the past because they're not going to pay estate taxes? Okay, so that's, that now you just revealed my past. What I was was a trust and estates lawyer for many, many, many decades. And in 1988 or so, we formed the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. So I've been looking at this incredible change for a long time. And here is where I do have many, many books out, lots of information out, and work with a lot of companies, a lot of financial companies, actually, to make sure that they help their clients this way. Uh, If you were only worried about federal estate tax, then yes, uh, the new law is, is something that might give you some relief, but it has a sunset provision. In 2025, it disappears. We don't know what the new uh, threshold will be for taxation. We know from different candidates have uh, said that they might want to roll it back to $2 million uh, or more gets taxed. Some, many, a lot less. So that's one issue, that the new law can go away. But let's even say it stays intact. There's a lot of other parts of the state planning. One is your income tax. 
if you have a 401k or an IRA and you pass away, that's going to get taxed. And under the new secure law, which we talked about, as a longevity law, uh, that taxation will be faster for your heirs than it is now. It's one of the places that they're looking to get money for Social Security. You asked Jordan, where are we going to get the money for Social Security if it goes under? Well, one of those places is our IRAs and our 401ks and having them taxed earlier. Because right now, if you do it right and you pass away, God forbid, your heirs can stretch it out and they don't pay taxes uh, immediately. Well, new laws are going to change that, and you need to look at that. That's part of your estate planning, too. It's not just estate tax. It's income tax on your estate. And then my favorite topic, what about if you don't die? What about estate planning while you're alive? Now, that's always overlooked. What if you want your power of attorney to suggest that you uh, get a robot? I'm not kidding you. A robot to take care of you. What if you want your attorney, in fact, to spend your money so you can age in place or change your house so that you could thrive at home and not go into a nursing home? That's estate planning, too, but it's during your lifetime. So, again, one of my favorite articles that I was very thrilled to be able to disseminate to the public is called um, Six Dangerous Documents and How to Fix Them. And two of those are the power of attorney and the health care proxy. That's very, very focused on pulling the plug, not focused on what you should do if you're around. So I think that's a very important question, Jordan, and people do have to concentrate. It's not the end of estate planning at all, but maybe we could call it life planning instead. Great. Another area is the so-called gig economy, where people are doing things, uh, side hustles, part-time work, and older people are doing that. In many cases, they have to because they don't have enough income. Is, Is that a reasonable alternative for elderly people to be doing part of kind of gig economy, side hustle kinds of jobs? Well, let's put it this way. You need to have some place to go. You need to have a life purpose. And there are two kinds of people, people who need to do that and make money at it and people who need to do that and don't. Most people have a mixture. They volunteer, and they're very happy being volunteers, and it's an incredible return on investment for their time. And they have what you call the gig economy. I know one fellow who, by the way, was an executive, and he works at Home Depot. And I said, what are you doing at Home Depot? He said, well, let me tell you. I make some money. Uh, I spend a certain amount of uh, hours a week. Not a lot of money, but I'm happy to have it. And look at me. I'm built. I don't have to go to the gym because he, he lives boxes. He wouldn't give this up for the world. I have another. These are close friends. Uh, who works at a loose ferry in Delaware, part-time, greeting people who are going on to the ferry. And she wouldn't miss it for the world. So on and on, I think it's wonderful uh, if it's available to you. And I get sad when I hear big companies stopping those programs because I think it is a great thing to do. We're towards the end here, so just kind of sum up your view of longevity, and how people should be kind of pursuing a happy retirement or elder years instead of, in many cases, people not having a particularly happy uh, final few years. Yeah, well, first thing you have to know very quickly is there's something called a U-bend. And again, one of my articles on the blog is, are you too young to be happy? Survey after survey shows that on the U-bend, think of the letter U, 
as we get older, we actually go up the curve. At 40 and 50, we're at the bottom of the U. As we go into our 60s, 70s, and 80s, we actually go up the U. In other words, we get happier as we get older and more satisfied. So what do you want to do? First of all, take care of your health, number one. Number two, realize that only, only 20% of how healthy you are as you age has to do with your genetics. The rest of it is up to you. Important to know. Very, very motivational. Do the exercises. Eat right. And enjoy yourself, too. I mean, like Aristotle, everything but in moderation. And finally, get up there to the highest level of what they call the Maslow hierarchy of human needs, and that is fulfillment. You have something to contribute to this world. They don't want it. Make them sorry. Go out there, no matter what your age is, make your contribution to this world. Tell people what you know. Start your own blog or be a travel writer or write a journal and see if you could self-publish it or do the gig economy and be the best person who is holding boxes at Home Depot. Show them how it's done. That's why at the end of of my show I say get out there, kids, and make it happen. And if you want to know my philosophy of aging is that we're in control, stay in control. Well, terrific. You've given us a lot of great ideas. My guest this hour has been Adrienne Berg. Uh, She's an Emmy-winning broadcaster, worldwide presenter, consultant to many companies on baby boomer and mature issues. You can see more about her at her website, which is adrienberg.com. And the, uh, the radio show she was talking about, which is called The Fountain of Truth About Aging, you can find out more about it at generationboldradio.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, Adrian. My pleasure. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.